just heard it that was the original introduction for the xbox that is today's theme the history of xbox i am sean host of the sensibly cynical podcast today's episode is going to be epic joining me shortly is tyson saner he is the co-host of the succotash shut-in and the anti-social show but What you may not know is that Tyson is indeed a Xbox historian. So, enjoy this look at the history of Xbox. And joining me now, he is the co-host of the Succotash Shut-In, the Anti-Social Show, and the host of Tyson Saner Gamer, the one and only Tyson Saner. What's up, man? Yeah, it's been a while. July 2nd of last year. Wow. <laughs> it is it is it is something. Um, you know, we've talked about it before last time you were on the podcast talking about Jackass, but talk about your show for the new listeners we have. Which which one? Well, both. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Antisocial Show is a, a podcast I've been doing with uh, my friend Hunter Block uh, from New Jersey since 2016. Actually, had met uh, about four years before that, and then around 2016, toward the end, he's like, "Hey, would you want to make a podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah, why not?" I hadn't had one for a while, but I certainly listened to one. Um, just had our hundredth episode. Our guest was Andy Dick. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's your opener because you're on the next one, which is episode 93, and I haven't decided what to call it yet. Well, you can you can do something messing around with sensibly cynical. There's a lot of puns you can do. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Succotash. So that show's gone through. When it started, it was Succotash the Comedy Podcast podcast, and it was hosted by Mark Hershon. Then he started calling it Succotash the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, which is what it was when I got involved. And mm-hmm. then he uh, retired, let me take over the show for a couple of years, and it was still called Succotash the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast. And then we were going to call it quits, uh, go on a hiatus to try and figure out what else we were going to do with the show. What we ended up doing was rebooting it as, well, not rebooting, we're continuing it every week without fail for the last year. Uh, called Succotash Shut-In. Right. It's for all the people staying at home, like us, and making podcasts or trying to figure out what to do. Mm. Um, we just go on making our podcast recommendations. It's in our fifth season after 10 years. All right, so let's let's get into the topic uh, today, Xbox. Certainly. 2001 is when it came out. You know, it was uh, Microsoft, of course. Uh, Bill Gates, I was telling you, you know, my thoughts a little bit before we started recording. I think it was his attempt to jump in, you know, because he, I don't know if he timed it, like he meant to time it as good as he did, but it seemed to me like he nailed it. You know, PS2 was around for a while, but, you know, if you look at the history, Nintendo 64, it wasn't doing so hot when he jumped in with Xbox. That's true. What is your first memory of the Xbox, the original? So I was living in Washington at the time. Uh, I'm not from there. Ready to get a console. I had a nice television at that point. And yeah. I had not had a console 
for a while. I drove a couple of towns over to get one because they were, uh, I guess they were kind of hard to find and also I wanted to see if I could get a better price in a different area. And I bought it with, I think, pack-in title. Uh, it was a double disc of uh, a game called Jet Set Radio Future and doubled with one of the GT, the Gran Turismo games, which I didn't play because I wasn't into racing at the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got more into car games later. And I also bought it with a couple of the titles. I bought it with uh, a James Bond game called Nightfire, a first-person shooter called Serious Sam, and I think it was the first encounter. And, uh, of course, a game called Max Payne. The box itself touted this technology. They were like, this is a game that uses bullet time. I'm like, hey, I know what that is, having just seen The Matrix like a couple of years before. It's Matrix 99. Mm -hmm. That was one of the games that you sent. You sent me a list. That was one of the games... Um, that obviously you mentioned. Now, what was it about that game in particular that you liked? Let me see. Okay, so he's a cop, Max Payne, or titular character. He has a family. By the way, the people who've seen the movie adaptation will recognize some of this. Mm -hmm. That came out in 2008, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg as uh, Max Payne. So the game, you are, you're a cop. Your family has been murdered by uh, drug addicts and of a, of a really hallucinogenic, kind of makes you violent sort of drug, which I think is called Valkyrie. And you are basically trying to figure out what happened, piece together stuff, go from location to location, and there's a comic book sort of uh, aesthetic to it. And so, like, there will be panels, like, from a comic book and the narration that he does. It's this great sort of hardball detective, like, ultra-serious sort of, sort of narrative. Like, it's very serious, but it's part of what makes it really funny. It's more amplified for the second game, Max Fall, uh, Pain 2, The Fall of Max Payne, which I also played all the way through. But so Max Payne 1 also had this bullet time technology where basically you could slow down time and dodge bullets and aim with a little your little reticule faster than your opponents could aim uh, and shoot them before they could shoot you, theoretically. But, you know, it had a little meter on it, so you couldn't just, just walk around, you know, like, like that. Uh, unless you were able to cheat or something. You could pretty much have unlimited, I think it was called Focus or something, I can't remember what it was called. It's, it's a mechanic that's been used in uh, quite a few games since then, including John Woo's Stranglehold, starring Chinese Fat, <laughs> for the Xbox 360. Right. I didn't actually have one, but what, like one of my good friends had it, and we would play Halo 2 all the time. It's my opinion, that was the best, best Xbox game maybe ever. But we would have so many Halo parties, Tyson. It was nuts. Tell me about it. Well, well, while most people were trying to get chicks at that time, we were doing the complete opposite by wasting our lives in um, a room. It was like it was like if the movie Saw met Video Game Nerds. Is that cool? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It was dark a lot, and <laughs> Jigsaw wasn't around, but. It was just like it was just like, are we using our time on Earth wisely? <laughs> like, is Jigs? I was waiting for Jigsaw to get mad at us. No, but uh, well, the reason why I saw in my brain is because a new movie came out. Oh yeah, is it called Jigsaw? Or something? <laughs> it's like Spiral, you know, Spiral oh, Saw. Yeah. So I remember playing Halo Two multiplayer with uh, people who set it up uh, at a bar on TV. Really? There was only total of four people that can play at a time yeah they make the box support so well we had five people 
and one person had I think we did four at a time one person would have to say it and there'd be like a you know it's my it's my podcast I can cuss it's it's like a pissing match to <laughs> to figure out you know who would sit out e- each game that makes sense <laughs> no it's the fact that video games were I wouldn't say I wouldn't say this was a universal stereotype but that they were video game nerds back then well I mean video games were started like when people created Pong in the 70s, you know, and like mm. using a, an oscilloscope to get a dot going back and forth across the screen like tennis. I mean, you know, <laughs> rocket scientists came up with that stuff. Well, let's go over a few more games that are on your list. Scarface, you know, everyone remembers that movie, you know. Talk, <laughs> I assume, I don't even need to go into that movie. Talk about the game. How was the How was the gameplay? Uh, well, you ever play Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. It's kind of like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Uh, in the sense that it's set in Miami or a Miami-esque place. Mm. Um, it is, except it, except Scarface is literally set in Miami, but it's the Miami locations that are in the movie plus fictional landscapage. Mm. Uh, so it's like this really kind of strange, like uh, extremely adult Disneyland ride in the sense where, you know, you go to a Disneyland ride and it's like Peter Pan. and it, You know it's not really Peter Pan. You know you're not really on a boat, but it's just... <laughs> The idea is suggested, you know, you're flying over the town, it's not really town. That's kind of what the environment of, um, of this game is like, great impression. And, you know, so, you know, a lot of people, I would knew in the early 90s would do the impression of Scarface, because that movie had been out for only about 10 years in the early 90s. Mm. So it was like a fresh classic, and it was such a, it's a bananas movie. I mean, it's, you know, it's entertaining. It's fun watching uh, uh, Al Pacino do the character. It's mm. very intense. Have you seen Scarface very many times? Or? Um, I've seen it a few times. It's been a it's been a while though. Uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was it was classic. You know, say hello. Everyone knows that one. Say hello to my little friend. Yeah, say hello to my little friend. It's like the mo- It's like one of the most um, iconic movie lines of all time. Pretty much. Talk about. Um, a few other a few other games before we get into Xbox Live. Was there any other games that that really intrigued you back then? Okay, so there was a lot of games that were the same generation that I played on the PlayStation Two before I recollected them for the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So ones that intrigued me. So I like the Serious Sam game. Oh, oh, I also really also like James Bond games. Uh, the I like the ones of the generation from Xbox because I, I never had. Um, I didn't have a Nintendo 64, so I only got to play Goldeneye occasionally. Goldeneye uh, is a great game. Goldeneye, by the way, is a game where there's a bunch of people playing it, uh, like we were describing where you you and your friends, except it's like, do you remember the Mr. Show, a TV show called Mr. Show with Bob and David? (laughs) No, sorry. David Cross, Bob Odenkirk, I don't know those people. What about Jack Black? uh, Jack Black, he's uh, Nacho Libre, I remember that one. That's true. (laughs) In the 90s, all these people, including like Paul F. Tompkins and all these people, podcast now they were all in this sketch comedy show for two years called Mr. Show Bob and David. Anyway, behind the scenes they all just played Goldeneye, like all mm-hmm. the time. They were just, you know, they'd be like, uh, you know, knock knock knock, it's time to be on set. And oh well, gosh, you know, and you know, they've been playing all night or whatever. But yeah, so Goldeneye was really kind of it makes sense. People get into the 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 multiplayer thing. It's it's uh, you know, it's I did it with GTA four eventually, um, for a while. There are games that stand out as games that I have played for the Xbox that I didn't have originally. I, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a game a game called True Crime Streets of L.A. that I played. The second one had Snoop Dogg in it, and 
the third one, it turned into a game called Sleeping Dogs, which I also currently have. What do you think was the intrigue of Xbox? Like, what do you think drew people to it away from Nintendo and Sony? The advent of the disc system. Mm-hmm. I think Halo, the original Halo, was the thing that probably did it. Because, I mean, the thing about Halo is that they finally nailed the controls of a first person shooter in a controller. Right. They opened it up to a whole uh, new world of people. And mm-hmm. where people literally would get. The Xbox just to buy, just to play Halo. And this was kind of like the end of Sega. So it, I think it just, like I said to start, it just, it came at a really, really good time. And you're right, there was a lot of multiplayer and the first person shooter, you know, options were good that, you know, and then um, we said GTA. I think San Andreas was a was one of the other ones that I played. I know one of the other things I had going for it that was that you could uh, play DVDs on so yeah. Special remote control. So mm-hmm. That was actually for me. That was one of the decisions. Was okay. I would like a DVD player, but I'd also really kind of like a new game console. I haven't had one of those in a while. Oh, what? Here's one that can do both. Well, that it's leads like, us on to Xbox Live. Did you play the Xbox Live? I didn't. Uh, do like I did multiplayer. I didn't end up buying. Can't remember. Microsoft had Microsoft points mm-hmm. instead of just dollar amounts. So remind me. So what? What was Xbox Live? interesting time period you know when all that was going on you know this is before kind of the social media thing you know this was still kind of dial tone this is toward the end of it though right well it was yeah that was the thing about the xbox is that it, it accessed the internet I think. yeah it was like the first one it was like the first system that mainstream system that broke away from all that yeah it's like early wi-fi or something yeah something <laughs> something hey i got a confession tyson I stalked your Instagram a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool, yeah. And I saw the picture of you with, like, a stack of Xbox games. Is that what I saw? Yeah, there's a, one picture on there that basically has my entire hard uh, media, uh, non-digital Xbox collection from Xbox Originals that I have and, and Xbox One. And in the middle, it's mostly <laughs> Xbox 360 games. Xbox 360. So when did you start playing that? Close to 2007 or 2008, because I remember playing Bioshock, not brand new, but playing it like six months to a year later or something. I found it mm-hmm. I started frequenting GameStop, and I started getting the Game Informer magazine. Mm-hmm. So I was being able to follow games journalism when games were coming out, and the first one I picked up had a big picture of the Big Daddy from Bioshock. And it was- Do you remember the big difference between 360 and the regular one? What was the big difference? Like, what was the improvement? Well, there's glossier textures. Bigger games you could get. Um, it's, it's a great question because because of the Lego games, right? Started collecting those. Originally, it started with Lego Star Wars. So they released Lego Star Wars 2 for all the 
the consoles that were of the same generation, which means GameCube, uh, Xbox, and PS2. And then on the Xbox 360, they also released, they were releasing the versions of their games for both Xbox and Xbox 360 consoles. So, yeah, would there be a difference? Is there that much of an upgrade in, in quality? There was. I definitely had uh, some games that were on both, like King Kong and whatnot. But, like, so definitely glossier textures. King Kong, I, that's one of the first... One of the games I have all the achievements in, just because I... Really? How long was the campaign in that, King Kong? I'm going to say 10 to 12 chapters. Oh, yeah? And probably, I don't know, it could have been that long. It's like uh, 8 to 16 hours, maybe. Um, first-person experience, but I wouldn't call it a first-person shooter, although it definitely <laughs> had shooting elements in it. It's more like first-person survival with some shooting. Yeah, but then you had games like Iron Man back in the day. That was crap. Yeah. <laughs> Played the demo. That was another oh. Anything else about the 360 that you like before we go on to the Xbox One? Well, you know, Beatles Rock Band was pretty was fun. I, I really mm-hmm. liked um, that they had a huge library of music available uh, that you could get online and add to your Rock Band or Guitar Hero collection. So was that going against the PS3? Was the PS3 out? Was that what happened? It was the it was the 360 versus the PS3. So let's get to the Xbox One. You know, I remember when that came out, but when that came out, I was a little like out of the video game kind of world. So I don't know. I know a little bit about the 360, but I don't know anything about the Xbox One. So that's what I was hoping relying on you for this part. Wow. So the Xbox One came out in 2013. That's a big uh, time jump. Yeah, is there any Xbox One games that you have that is kind of cool? Yeah, I heard that. I heard. I heard that's a big game for that. It's an amazing game. I actually played. That was one of the ones I played on the Xbox 360. So what is it? What like? What's the? It's a cowboy simulator with a story. It's made by the people who made Grand Theft Auto. Oh. It's basically Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West. The graphics were nuts, like you said, right? There was a big jump. Graphics, the sound. These games, their sound is amazing too. So let's get to Series 10 and Series S. Now, the Series 10, didn't they build this as, like, the smallest ever, and it had, like, a terabyte of uh, data you could use? Onboard memory? Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, a terabyte. And then, like, the Series S was, like, 500 gigabytes. So that was the that was the uh, the difference between the two. 
And then like and then like the series ten have like an what's an optical drive? I don't know, but it says optical drive. And, optical drive is like a CD or a DVD. Yeah, and then Series S didn't. So. Oh, the, no, the Series S is all just digital. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Have you played the Series Ten? Have I played Series Ten? No, I haven't. I stopped at the Xbox One at this stage. That's where I'm at because uh, I've got so many games for it that I haven't started playing yet. Polygon says Xbox Series Ten runs like an Xbox One swallowed a Lambo. <laughs> oh wow, it has some cool games, man. Um, Halo. Oh, this shit's crazy. This shit's crazy. It says Xbox Series 10 delivers smooth frame rates up to 120 FPS with the visual pop of HDR, 4K video games. Halo Infinite. That's the game that's that's the game that's good for it. Basically, they did the new Halo to fight PS5. Like it's basically just like the latest battle, you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, there's Halo 5 Guardians and then there's Halo Infinite, which I'm not totally up to date on it but i just know that halo kind of got revived in the last decade really you know certainly let's see i don't think it's came out yet it's coming out it's supposed to be late this year but you know one of those things where they push it back they push it back they push it back how many games do you have for xbox tyson like physically or- <laughs> yeah yeah like physically physically uh, i think it's what's it's over 100 yeah they're all great games right I will talk about Tyson Sainer Gamer. What do you do on that channel? I play video games and I comment. Uh, well, so Tyson Sainer Gamer is it's a terrible title, which is a point because it sounds pretentious. Like, uh, but um, I wanted to start um, helping my wife promote her game show, her gaming show originally. So I figured, well, she can't make games right now. She's too busy making gaming videos. So why don't I make gaming videos and then promote her stuff plus... Uh, the podcast, uh, so that's what it started. Plus, I like playing video games anyway. Since we'd already got the technology down to figure out how to record game footage and us at the same time, I was like, well, why don't I just put out content and do as much as I can? So when I started off, I actually did videos with Laura, for um, my wife, for like uh, many of the early ones. Right. And uh, the other format I did was something called Edibles and Bits, where basically I took a, an edible marijuana gumdrop that can be bought locally here and wait for it to kick in and then see how much... That's like me shotgunning a beer back in the day and trying to play um, Call of Duty. (laughs) All right, man, we'll plug away. Well, I am at REVT23 on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Skype. It's RevT23. Can I uh, mention a a GoFundMe that uh, that my wife is trying to do? Sure. Okay, thank you. So we just started a GoFundMe a couple days ago. It's called Help Laura Get Back Her Smile. So Laura had some dental work done that was that ended up being twice as expensive as we thought it would. Uh, and then she ended up having more problems after that. And the dentist's uh, medical benefits have been used up for the year. So we've never had a GoFundMe account before uh, or, or, or campaign before, whatever they're called. So this is kind of new territory for us. But we wouldn't do it if we didn't need to. So it's called Help Laura Get Back Her Smile. And uh, if you just... Put Laura Saner into GoFundMe. You can also find it that way. And that's L-A-U-R-A-S-A-N-E-R. Go to www.tysonsaner.com if you want to see my links. 
All right, Tyson. Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll have to do this again sometime, okay? Absolutely. Okay, that was awesome. Um, Learning about the history of Xbox from the one and only gaming wizard. In my eyes, he's the gaming wizard, Tyson Sainer. And once again, you can check out all of his content at TysonSainer.com. Coming up next on the podcast, I will be joined by Blind Static. They are a rock band out of Dallas, Texas. Um, I was so stoked to sit down with Matt and Tiffany for a chat. It was a good time. I think you will enjoy this podcast. If you have not followed us yet on Instagram, we are at Sensibly Cynical Pod. Twitter at Cynical Sensibly. And you can check out our Facebook group also. Please, we are in need of iTunes reviews. Please check us out. Give us that five-star review. Okay, as always, stay safe, mask up, and take care.